Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, conversations with your favourite theatre actors and creatives. Hello, I'm Mikey Worrell. I'm very excited about today's guests. They started their podcast, Sentimental Men, a year ago. If you haven't listened to it before, they speak to cast members and former cast members of the musical Wicked. They've mostly had Elphabas on, but they've also spoken to Glinders, Nessas, Fieros, Box, all of them. If you love Wicked, then it really is a must-listen for you. Everyone has their own thing that got them through lockdown or the dark days of the pandemic, and for me, that was Sentimental Men. We recorded this episode on Sunday, a couple of hours before the Tony Awards, and we compared notes on theatre reopenings here in London and the UK, and over on Broadway and in the US, obviously with a particular focus on the reopening nights of Wicked here in the West End and on Broadway. Here's my conversation with Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. So let me just tell you about the first time I ever heard Sentimental Men. Um, Ooh, okay. we, we had a second lockdown, fondly referred to in the UK as Lockdown 2, um, <laughs> in November, November last year. It, and it was like a month long. We all knew it was going to be a month long. It had an end date from the start. So we oh, were like, we're going to be okay. Um, and I was going out, for, I found you on a Sunday. I think my friend had like tweeted about it or something. Um, and at that point, I think you'd done your pilot and then your Lindsay Heather Pierce episode. Oh, you so were early. I went for a really long walk and I listened to both of them. And it was, it was, you know, when you discover other gay people for the first time when you're a kid, it was, yeah. it was like that all over again. It was like, oh my God, there are ring people of keys like moment. me. <laughs> yeah. It was a ring of keys moment for sure. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So yeah, so that was really nice. Um, and I listened back to uh, Lindsay's episode again in the gym this morning just for like, you know, to refresh myself. Context. And it's mad like how far we've come since that yeah. moment. Like when did you record that? Was it last summer? That was like early um, pandemic. Like September, October. Yeah. Okay, so about a year ago. Yeah. But even to like go back and listen, because that was the first like podcast episode that Kevin and I had, or at least I had produced. Kevin has worked on podcasts before, but to like from a production standpoint to listen to that episode, we always joke that we owe Lindsay a redo because her episode definitely sounds pretty rough. I thought it sounded fine. I literally oh, thank was, you so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, don't worry about it. We also like crammed her into twenty five minutes, and now we put out like hour oh. plus episodes. Oh. Yeah, because we been recorded with her for like three hours, and we're like, no one's going to want to listen to this for longer than like half an hour. So do you still cut, have cut, the cut. raw file? Can you just put that out? We like, do. Yeah, we do. Oh, we could do a director's cut. Do a director's <laughs> cut. Do it. Do it. Um, yeah. It, what was mad about the episode as well? Like the hearing her talk about like watching TV and when people are shaking hands and all of that, it just feels so early pandemic. And now we're kind of almost the other side. I don't know how it feels on your side of the Atlantic. Um, I wouldn't say almost to the other side of it. I think in America, at least it feels like we've all just acknowledged that this is going to be an ongoing thing. So yeah. you have to just kind of try your best, I think, to yeah. live as much of your life as you can. Yeah, I don't think that we're seeing the end of the tunnel. I think that we're just like getting comfortable well, yeah, we navigating yeah. the tunnel. You know what I mean? It's, I think because we they eased restrictions over here and like the, the whole narrative was come hell or high water, like we are easing restrictions in July. I think yeah. it's mm-hmm. kind of... Ev- 
if, if you don't read the news, you kind of fall into this weird sense of, oh, it's normal again, even though as soon as you read the news, you're like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. I know that like the UK's had a lot of weird press about the number of cases and stuff. But when you're here, like it's not that bad. Like, Well, and it also just feels like the other countries are being a little more proactive about COVID, whereas America is like kind of ignor- ignoring like case outbreaks and everything where it's like... <laughs> oh, it feels the same here. Like you walk oh, around any it? city. If you go outside of London, no one is wearing a mask anywhere. It's quite Interesting. scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I, went I saw videos of like West End shows and like the audience is completely unmasked. Yeah, it dep- it's, it's funny going to different shows and seeing how many people are wearing them and how many aren't. Um, yeah. I went is, to it a, s- is it mandatory? No. Oh, oh wow. Interesting. How do I put this delicately? It's interesting <laughs> going to see shows, depending on who owns the theatre, how tough they are on checking uh-huh. whether, you're, you're, whether you're vaxxed or you've had a negative test before you go in. Interesting. So you can, to see a show on the West End, you can be vaxxed or you can have a negative test. You don't have to be vaxxed. You don't have to be vaxxed. Interesting. It's quite okay. frightening. Um, and that, well, it's not frightening, but it just, it's funny. I, I, because I've been to quite a few shows now since everything reopened, it's almost mm-hmm. like I've kind of got used to being in proximity to people who may or may yeah. not be masked. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Like when we've had really hot days, our theatres aren't air conditioned. So oh, it's, yeah, that's right. oh. it's really painful when you have to sit there through a really long show and you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting because one of the things that American theaters have been uh, grappling with is that the equity rules for producing are like all about the ventilation systems in the theater. Mm-hmm. Not all about, but a big chunk of them are. Yeah, and yeah. so it's it's really interesting. Like, I'd be curious to know how... West End theaters are dealing with that when you're like when they're not pumping new air in and out of the theater constantly. Yeah, I mean, I literally have no idea. I don't even know. Yeah, that's really interesting. In terms of ventilation, I don't even know how it works with like AC systems. Does that count? Because I I swear, like I've been told that if you're somewhere with AC, like you're all breathing the same air anyway. I don't really Mm -hmm. get it. Yeah, I think it's like the filter they use. Yeah, it depends on how how the system filters the air before it pumps it out again. Um, I know there's only one theater I know of that literally has like windows. Uh, in the auditorium and that's, <laughs> that's the cambridge theater where matilda's on uh-huh. but you would think that like american theater would be less together but i think for the most part it seems like broadway kind of really got the reopening right as far as like rules and regulations go for covid mm-hmm. i've always found like broadway theaters are so much more up together and i don't just think about things a bit more over than over here like art you know like the first time i went to broadway the first show i ever saw um, on broadway was newsies and I was like, oh, my God, they have Wi-Fi. And it was Wait, like Mikey, That was my first Broadway show, too. Oh, snap. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, my God, they have Wi-Fi. And like theaters here, you, you don't have Wi-Fi. You don't even have any phone signal. It's awful. Interesting. And it's like they want you to yeah, Instagram that you're there and then you can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Newsies wasn't the first show I saw in New York. That was um, Into the Woods in Central Park, which still oh, wow. is one of the best nights of my life. Uh, that's but the best thing trip. was, you know how they make you queue outside Central Park really early to get those tickets? Yep. Yeah. I, was, I went with my dad and it was the first full day we were there. And I was like, I'm not getting up at whatever time to go and sit. <laughs> Like, it was my first ever time in New York. I was like, I'm not going to sit outside the park. So we yeah. did the, the online lottery and we won. I was like, this is madness. And your first try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's good. It was one of those things good, where I was like, luck. this is meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It was great. And didn't, 
that production transferred from the UK, right? Like it was like a sister production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had it in of, Regent's yeah. Park, um, which I never, I never got to see it. Um, but they did change a few things. I think they kind of updated mm-hmm. it, and um, the voice of the giant wasn't Glenn Close over here. I don't know who it was. Might yeah. have been Judy Dench. I can't remember. That tracks. <laughs> that feels right. Um, anyway, I have questions for you. Why are we talking about me? Oh my goodness. Um, so. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, you've both been so busy recently, like with all your shows reopening and stuff. I feel like I haven't even been able to kind of ask you anything, even just like casually over Instagram. Yeah. Um, how was the first night back at Wicked on Broadway and the the um, the open dress? Oh, my God. Uh, Where to begin? Incredible. <laughs> just talk at me. Well, I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, I think the main distinction to make between the two um, and we, we say this on uh, our kind of like episode about it, but is that the dress rehearsal felt like the most um like energetic responsive theater performance that you have ever been in and then opening night felt like you were at a rock concert Mm -hmm. like the energies were just completely different but both shows were like incredible like it was it was so cool to see it twice and i think i'm like really happy that we got to see both because like everyone was saying i feel like the dress rehearsal was our opportunity to see the show proper and then opening Mm -hmm. night like it was just so rowdy that like you probably it probably wasn't the best time to see like i wouldn't necessarily i mean in one way be amazing to see have that be your first wicked experience but in another way it's like you're not really getting like everything that's going on because there's just so much applause and everyone's so happy to be there Sure. Um, when is it Gina or Gina? Gina. Gina. Gina Claire Mason. Yeah. 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 So when she came down in the bubble the first time at the dress, did it get as big a response as it did on the first proper night? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's so funny because we yeah. thought that like the dress rehearsal audience was insane, but like yeah, we were it, like, oh wow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but now looking at it through the lens of opening night, it's like dress rehearsal was so so tame. But yeah, yeah. it got like a huge applause. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we stood or not. Do you remember, Kevin? We did stand both times. Okay, yeah, but like yeah. it could not compare to opening night. Opening night was actually insane. Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, opening night, she got like a solid minute of applause just for entering. <laughs> and then when she said the line, it was like another minute of applause. It was, I mean, it and was like truly unhinged. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like voice damage yells, not the kind where you like can kind of like falsetto it and save your voice. It was like ripping your vocal cords, screaming yeah. out of excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Falsetto. It was the same. <laughs> the interesting thing here was, because I'm guessing they must have had conversations before the show, like with, with her saying, you know, just hold off, just wait. Sure. Like, they knew it was a moment. Because here, mm-hmm. they didn't wait. They just plowed through, yeah. See, that's so interesting to me, because your UK Wicked team, like, professionally recorded that entrance, so, like, they obviously knew it was going to be a moment. Why wouldn't they give it more of a moment? And you couldn't you couldn't hear it. I think maybe because I was in the audience, like, and then watching it, I was like, that's not how it happened. It's not how it happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, liars <laughs> well it was well it wasn't um <laughs> no, no no so she they they she literally just said the line the, she probably allowed for like 20 seconds of of cheering mm-hmm. and then she just yeah. said the line but i could i could see that she'd said it but i was like didn't hear a word um that's weird to the point where she then carried on was your first uk show as rowdy as like broadway was you think um so initially, yes, absolutely. Like we okay. all stood when Glenda came down. It was all lovely. Um, and then 
I, it, I kept sort of eyeing the screen with the conductor on to see how much he was like, and off we go. Mm. Um, wow, very courteous of you. <laughs> but I was just, no, I was just intrigued because I was like, who, is, who, who, who sort of sat Sophie Evans as Glinda down and was like, don't wait, just, just keep it going. Mm, um, yeah. I, was just, I just thought it was a really weird way to, to, to do it because it's like, yeah. you're not, it's the line that we all waited to hear and then no one heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar with uh, Lindsay's entrance, with Alphaba's entrance. She like ran down stage and everybody stood up to cheer, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. But then they just plowed through with dear old shiz. Like there was no pause before oh. they like, mm-hmm. bum, bum, bum. like I expected yeah, yeah, yeah. a hold, but they just went straight into the singing. And I was like, I mean, people kept clapping over the singing, but it was like, you can clap over that. Part. I don't know. It was like weird that Jenna Claire got like three minutes of entrance applause and Lindsay got 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because it's the line. I think it was more for that moment and not for like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire, you know, that's um, so yeah. literally the reverse happened here. Everyone stood when Laura ran out and then they literally held to the point that it was probably a minute and a half later when they did the dun 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 and it was like oh, oh we're still yeah on that's what i was day. expecting yeah, yeah 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 so we got we literally got the reverse that's so funny Opposite. that's kind of cool hmm. <laughs> so to answer your question though about um whether, whether or not it was rowdy it was a really hot day our theaters aren't air conditioned mm. and it was just really interesting as as the show got further and further through the audience clearly got more and more fatigued and through act two um. it just really like petered down and there was a lot less or it was just a lot less sort of more sporadic across the audience. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A notable moment, though, as I'm sure you've seen, is that when the wizard sang, I'm a sentimental man, someone in the back <laughs> of the stalls went, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that makes us so happy. I feel like that didn't happen at, on Broadway. <laughs> I mean, I may personally yeah. clapped when he said it, but it was just me. <laughs> No, I feel like there were a lot of sentimental men in the audience of the UK opening. I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you were mentioned a lot. Like, there was a lot of chatter, for oh sure. My God. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so the thing cool. was, like, when that person whooped, like, if, if someone had started clapping, I would have joined in, but I just sure. wasn't brave enough to do that myself. No, yeah. Sorry. Sure. It's a lot of pressure. I wasn't brave. even brave enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you were saying about the audience petering out, that's funny because I turned to Kevin probably 20 minutes into the show of opening night and was like, this show is going to be like four hours long if we keep this up. And we kind of did. Like, I don't think our audience mm-hmm. petered out to our detriment. Like, my hands were so sore after I had no voice. Like, it was really painful towards the end, but everyone was yeah. just so excited. Yeah, I would say that we started clapping for less time towards the end, but like the the intensity never went mm-hmm. down. Like, people were cheering the whole show pretty historic moment it did kind of drop off a little bit but then at the end it obviously was back to like full appreciation Mm -hmm. when will you go back how long do you think you'll leave it before you go again (laughs) we floated the idea of going back for the anniversary just because that feels like uh a moment and we probably should yeah, I think that would be the soonest we go back, right, Kevin? Although Jenny Genoia was on this week and a coworker of mine was like, would you want to go? And I was like, honestly, yeah, if you want to do that. But then we looked at tickets yeah. and it was a little expensive. So we were like, we'll hold off. Okay. <laughs> um, our anniversary is on Tuesday and I am going. Oh, but, really? Uh, oh, so yeah. you're going sooner than we are back to back. 
Yeah, and it, it wasn't intentional. It was just, I'd, I'd rather go and not have the FOMO than yeah, yeah, yeah. not go mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I should have gone. That's um, how I kind of feel. How did you feel watching it again after such a long time? Like, because you know how we all know the words and like we know what's coming. Yeah. Did you, mm-hmm. were there bits, were there like random lines that you were like, oh, I forgot she says that or anything like that? I think before the dress rehearsal, I had a moment at least where I was like, oh, we're about to watch Wicked in its entirety, you know, because I think mm-hmm. all of Pandemic, I was only watching like the Wizard of Night Defying Gravity, No Good Deed clips and stuff. Sure. I never really like sat down and was like, let me watch a full bootleg of Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to just see the book scenes again was kind of fun and fresh because I hadn't really thought about it in a while. Uh, one thing I did notice is the underscoring in... Thank goodness when Glinda is like, oh, I'll marry you. It'll make you, you, make you happy too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're playing popular under that. And I had never in my life noticed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a moment like that. And I, the, I noticed the underscoring and then it was gone before I could sort of process in my head what it was. And yeah. I was like, no, wait, come yeah. back. No, Do it again. <laughs> yeah. I had a moments like that because you're right. It's like over when you're not seeing the show, it's like the whole show exists in like the 45 minutes of the cast recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like sitting through it for the first time at dress rehearsal, I was like, this show is long. Like, I know it's a three hour show, but it's like, oh, this show is like, she is lengthy, like almost three times as long <laughs> as I remembered mm-hmm. or like, I feel like it is. Um, but I had a moments like that a lot with like the choreography because I don't know if they came over and, and like reset the West End production, but like the full creative team came and like got the show back to like opening night shape oh, wow, okay. uh, on for the Broadway production and yeah. the touring production, too. I imagine they did something similar for West End. I would imagine. I don't think they flew the Americans over, but I know Stephen really? Arimus popped in when he was over for Frozen. But I don't yeah, know yeah. Others. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But but so it's like all the choreography was so crisp and like, again, during Thank Goodness, like so much of the choreography in that song is like a step forward or like a gesture or like it's all like very specific things Mm -hmm. that previously I had always just taken as like you know this track moves on this beat this track moves on the next beat but to see that like the actual things were these like designated it was just also like it really um the like intention of everything really came through because the show was in such good shape for for me Mm -hmm. were there any moments when you were like, oh, I forgot how much I love this bit. Because um, when March of the Witch Hunters started, I was like, this is a bop. Like, I love this bit. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of hadn't like, realized that I loved that bit so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, and maybe it's because Kathy Fitzgerald is so incredible as Morrible, but all of Morrible stuff was really hitting during dress and even opening in a way that I hadn't really internalized before. Like, mm-hmm. she, it, was, it was so funny when she was funny, and then her predefined gravity speech I thought was so terrifying. And, like, oh, yeah, I've listened. It was yeah. great. I was so glad it's that that great. got applause. I was like, yes. Oh. Deservedly yeah. so, yeah. But like when you watch bootlegs, you skip over that speech and oh, stuff. Yeah, you know? of course. So like I never really thought about it, but then like watching Kathy Fitzgerald do it, I was like, wow, this is terrifying. Quincy, I know the story very well of of your first time at Wicked with um, <laughs> Dee and Patty. But oh Kevin, God. I feel like I do, but you talk about it all the time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Kevin, I don't. Re- I literally don't know the story of the first time you saw the show. Fill me in. Sure. So. Um, I saw the show in, uh, December of 2004. So I Early. saw Adina 
I saw Adina like a couple weeks before the end of her run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have seen Jennifer Laura Thompson, but she was out that day. So I saw her fresh, bright eyed, young standby named Megan Hilty. Oh, um, wow. One of like the first few times that she went on, it was like right after she had joined the company. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was great. I mean, it was like, I grew up like only about maybe an hour outside of New York City. So like, I was lucky enough that like going to see shows was like a frequent part of my uh, childhood. And so I saw the show literally like a week before Adina fell through the trap door. Um, <laughs> like it like, yeah, maybe yeah. even a couple days before. So I remember feeling real lucky that we got in when, <laughs> when we did. Confession. I've never actually seen Wicked on Broadway. That's valid. Yeah. It's just because you don't live here. I, I know, but every time I've been to New York, I've always been like, "Should I?" And then it's always been like, "I'd rather go and see stuff that I can't see in London." And Definitely, yeah, and it's not going anywhere. Well, yeah, I know, but there have been pairings <laughs> where, like, in retrospect, I'm like, "I really," because the first time I was there was was Jackie, oh, and. Wow. Donna was the standby, so I was like, I would like to see Donna Vivino. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you know, she used to like, tw- she remember she used to tweet like green, 7 p.m. <laughs> I, I had like notifications yeah. on my phone because I was like, if she tweets that she's going on, I'm going yeah. to the Gershwin. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had that for Carla Stickler. Yeah, and then like, I won't bore you with like every pairing that's been on Broadway while I've been there, but it's just never happened. And I, yeah. And um, the only, that it's crazy, like when Rachel Tucker was there, I didn't, I was, I missed her by like a couple of months, but I would have loved to have seen her do it in New York. Did you see her on mm-hmm. the West End? Many, many times. Sure. Uh, jealous. I do think it's interesting. I saw Wicked on the West End once, and it is interesting just to see like a foreign production and just sure. the minute changes, especially like another English speaking production that's foreign. Mm-hmm. It's just cool to see like the small changes that are made. Yeah. For the culture. Yeah. It's f- like the London one, I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen the Broadway one, but like, like the London one does feel different, doesn't it? Like, yeah, um, definitely. I have been I have been backstage and on stage at the Gershwin, so I kind of at least I've seen it in the flesh. Um, <laughs> Cute. I just haven't seen the show. <laughs> Are there any Alpha Glinda pairings that have never happened that you would love to have seen? Yeah, I want I wanted back in the day Mamie Paris and Patty Mirren to do it together. I think that would be perfect. Mm. And I also think height wise they match, so I think they'd be a great pairing. Also, I think they could do a switcheroonie because Patty can bell and Mamie has a soprano. So they could like, yeah, little foxes it. They could little foxes it. <laughs> I, love, I love that that was just in your head. Like you just have the answer straight off the bat. That was so good. No, I really yeah. wanted that to happen. Kevin? Um, I don't know that there are any pairings that I ever like coveted, but there are like, there are certain, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, um, like somebody like... Emily Cook, for example, like who like did the role when she was so young. Mm-hmm. Like I would not na- like I would love to see like some Alpha Buzzer Glindas who did it like right out of college to like come, come back, back with a few more years under their belt and like see what they could bring back to it. Yeah. Yes. Stephanie Torns, please. Literally. Uh, give her another run. <laughs> I remember listening to her on YouTube, like when she first did it and I and feeling like she sounded very like her choices were very SJB. Sure. Mm-hmm. And she told us that SJB was her like favorite alphabet. And so I'm sure that subconsciously she was <laughs> yeah. channeling that. Her voice course, is, I just saw her as Jenna and she was so good. In in your in your Lindsay episode as well, what was really nice was when you talked about um how she must have known the show more than half her life by that point. Have you reached that point? <laughs> 
I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I must have been 12 or 13 and I'm 24 now. Yeah, I'm definitely past it because I was 12 when it came out and I'm almost 30. Well, we were talking after dress because we said that this Broadway cast reads very young on stage. So all of the college stuff, for me, at least it was the first time like, oh, we're watching kids in college. Like Dancing Through Life felt Mm -hmm. very like college kids on campus, which is the first time I've like kind of recognized that. And then Kevin was like, are they younger or are we just like older? So it doesn't seem (laughs) as like we're watching adults on stage do this anymore. Yeah. Like I've never been the same age as an alphabet before. (laughs) And now I am. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when you realize that a pop star is younger than you and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. 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 I don't Um, don't like it at all. (laughs) So one of my favorite episodes that you've done is James Kennedy, because... I feel like there isn't a wicked gay alive who doesn't know who James Kennedy is. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a full quote. <laughs> I'm, I'm not wrong, right? No. Um, and one thing that, that something that you came up with that I don't think I've heard since is when you said, I think this was Kevin, um, Wizards and I define gravity, no good deed alphabets are the equivalent of brains, hearts and courage alphabets. And I love that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to bring that back. Yeah, it's so. I actually literally was just thinking about that, sort of, um, because I was thinking about Quincy and I were talking about how Gina Claire's Glinda mm-hmm. is like a very thoughtful Glinda. Like she's a very like the gears are always turning, and I feel like Alphaba and Lindsay's Alphaba is very um, like instinct based like alphabet on and that would be like the courage you know and then i was thinking i'm like oh and then together they find that heart that neither of them has at the beginning of their journey and i was like that's kind of cute um but yeah i i i had that realization one day and i was just like oh wizard of oz (laughs) tie-in i love when kevin gets analytical He's very good. Oh, I know. Uh, it's like my favorite bit because <laughs> some of the stuff that you'll just pull out and I'm like, what? But no, yes. <laughs> that BFA. <laughs> um, I know it's Tony night and this will obviously go out after the Tony night, but anything you're particularly looking forward to or that you think will happen? I think that we might see Miss Lindsay Pierce on the Tony Awards in full oh, alphabet really? drag. I Quincy, think. did you just have a vision, almost like a prophecy? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'm just like <laughs> manifesting that. I hope that happens. Maybe. Yeah. I honestly don't know what to expect because these Tonys are so yeah. out of the ordinary. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very... Um, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how it all turns out. Okay. Yeah, I was reading a New York Times thing earlier that was like trying to break it down. And then I realized that our thing was at four and not 4.30. And I was like, I better get dressed. Um, (laughs) So I'll come back to you on that. Kevin, you were going to say something. I was just going to say, the whole streaming thing is so um, jumbled because uh, CBS, which is the American TV channel that it airs on. Oh, I know CBS, um, darling. Okay, I don't know if it has. In the UK, right? Or is it just America? No, we don't have... We, uh, no, I don't think we have it here, but like oh, okay. we all watch the good ones, yeah. so we all know what CBS is. <laughs> okay. okay, good. Um, but they their contract with the Tony Awards expired over the pandemic, um, and so there was this like huge, like, where are we going to have the Tonys if we have the Tonys mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was talking and to someone... Like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it feels a little um, unsettled still because, like you said, it's like split between two services. Yeah. Like, well, and a friend of mine was like talking about how, like, 
Broadway is supposed to come back better and like more accessible and blah, 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 mm. blah. And like to have it one on a streaming platform that you have to like make an account to watch and then split mm. it separately. It just is, this is the least accessible Tony Awards, you know, like, and also if we're worried about viewing and ratings, like this is going to be the least Which watched. already going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it, you just made it, you made it harder to watch something that is already kind of declining in ratings and views you know if it makes you feel any better for for many many years the the olivier awards were held in a hotel <laughs> with absolutely no coverage whatsoever and then in like 2010 we got a radio broadcast of it and then only oh in something like 2015 oh they moved it to the royal opera house and they don't even show the full thing on tv we get an hour's highlights on itv at, at like half past 10 on a sunday night which nobody's gonna watch um, I can't huh. believe there was a radio broadcast in 2010. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was just so antiquated. It was bonkers. But yeah. there we are. Hmm. Any predictions? Award wins? I hope Moulin Rouge takes a lot of things home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested. I feel like the Jagged Little Pill of it all. There's been so many things coming out about Jagged Little Pill yeah. leading up, almost to the point where it's like someone has it out for Jagged Little Pill and is purposely trying to ruin its Tony campaign because I feel like all these things are dropping so soon. Um, yeah, but I mean, but that said, Heidi Blickenstaff is going into Jagged Little Pill, and I really want to see the show again to see her in it. <laughs> yeah, I want to see her in it too. Okay. Yeah, I would love Robin Herter winning. I feel like she deserves Robin Herter and Danny Burstein. I think at this point deserve a Tony Award, and their performances are both great in the show. Yeah, I feel like Danny Burstein has to win, but yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's probably like the surest thing tonight. I yeah. would say is Danny next to Adrian Warren. I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I guess. Did you see Tina in London, Mikey? I haven't seen it yet. I feel terrible, but um, <laughs> I have not. I have not been. Um, I'm not like the biggest Tina Turner fan, so I've always sure. been like, it's still on. I'll go at some point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I think it has reopened now, so I probably will go at some point. It's fun. Did you both see The Inheritance, and if so, what did you think? I saw it. Did you see it, Kevin? Mm-mm. Kevin, you would love The Inheritance. Kevin, you didn't. It, oh, it was so so good. I've I've read like I like. It, the story. I just didn't see it when it was running. I feel like I was it's unemployed like at the time and not buying tickets. Sure. I loved part one. I remember loving part one of it. And then part two, I like can't even remember what happened. Did part one is it? the one that ends with all of them coming up on stage to the yeah. house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see them both in one day or did you do it over two different nights? I think I did it over two different nights. Okay, yeah, that helps, I think. Um, yeah. Part two was like heavy. Like there was a lot that went down. Mm. Um, it was a bit crazy I remember but. like a pool party I'm, a bunch of boys in speedos is all I remember from part two yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it basically sums the whole thing up how was that uh, last five years that you saw oh, it was great it was, was really it? really good yeah because um, we had the second stage production about five years ago oh really um, you know the Betsy Wolf that. one yeah we had yeah, it with yeah. um, Samantha Barks and Jonathan Bailey oh, um, oh right um, who were both really really good but that did you see that production uh, bootleg Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, it just didn't look great. Um, and this one, they've completely reimagined it, and it's so clever. And like, they they have a piano on a revolve that they both play, um, but not all the time. So you uh-huh. can see the MD like in the back, and sometimes he'll like pick up midway through a song. It's very clever, like how mm-hmm. in sync they all are. Um, but what's heartbreaking is they play each other's songs. So when it gets to nobody needs to know. Kathy is playing nobody needs to know uh, it was heavy. that's really cool yeah I like that. that's I love that it was that is so cool 
That's a really great usage of the like actor musician mm. trope at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a, a an innovative way to use that. And it wasn't really like cool. actor muso like shoving it in your face. It was just really quite subtle and it was just kind of like, yeah, we're doing it, but we're not making a big thing of the fact that we're doing it, which was yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. Um but everything was even like the story of Schmuel, which can be really boring, was <laughs> was was great. Um yeah. They had it like they put like that, a doll's house on the piano, and then he's like standing on it when he's playing the guitar. It was just so oh, clever. Fun. It was really, really. Schmuel cool. is like a song that you have to opt into right at the beginning because if you like tune out in the beginning and then try to get into it, it's not going to happen. I know. I took my yeah. friend who did not know the show, and I was sitting there like, does she have a clue? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. But she really enjoyed yeah. it, so I was like, phew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shmuel is a song that, like, when I was a teenager discovering last five years, I was like, skip this. Yeah. Like, who cares <laughs> yes. about this song? And now, like, as a person who is almost 30 and, like, struggling to find my place in my career, I'm like, no, Shmuel, it's <laughs> oh, so nice. Kevin, you are, Kevin, you are all of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny. I think when I was 18, I was like, I want another Kathy Belting song. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, Shmuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Norbert, sing to me. <laughs> Make me feel better. I had a similar moment watching uh, Take It From An Old Man in Waitress. I saw that and I was like, wait, this song is like emotional now. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And such, it's such an earworm as well. Like I remember yeah. when I first mm-hmm. saw it for like weeks later after we got back from New York, I literally would be walking around the kitchen going, it's one hell of a ride. And, <laughs> and my, my boyfriend was just like, please stop singing that song. But yeah, we love Waitress in this house. We saw it twice in a weekend the very first time we saw it. So Oh my God, amazing. It's so good. No, we are pro Waitress on Scent Men. We love Waitress. Yeah, yeah very pro Jesse Mueller in this house. <laughs> well, in the words of Glinda, this has been fun. Um, <laughs> this has been so fun. Um, thank you so much for making time on a very busy Sunday for both of you. Oh my God, thank you for having us. Oh my gosh, it was our pleasure. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Anytime. Did we do enough wicked chat? Like... <laughs> Is there anything, any other ground we need to cover? You tell us. We'll chat as much as you want. Oh, I'm so like happy for you. Like you could just talk between yourselves and just let me listen. I'd be quite happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I guess the only thing I need to ask is what have we got coming up on Scent Men? Well, and when? Hmm. Because honestly, it has literally been the highlight of my Fridays this whole year. I cannot tell you that enough. Like when I was cleaning the bathrooms during lockdown on a Friday, like, (laughs) and and literally I had generally green in my ears or Carrie St. Louis. It was just amazing. So thank you for doing Uh, it. Oh my goodness. Thank you for listening. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after this, we're recording an interview with our most requested guest i would say Mm -hmm. okay fun but yeah kevin do you want to talk about like this month because it's kind of different uh yeah so this month uh the month of october uh the month of oztober is uh we're gonna do an episode of sentimental men every friday in the month of october so we have five new episodes coming out um we have a little uh review of our dress rehearsal opening night experience we've got two interviews coming up we've got a listener episode and we've got a fun kind of like really nerdy kind of like oral history of alphabet episode um 
that I think is going to be really fun. So we're, yeah. we're really pumped about what's coming up this month. And I think the two interviews are. Yeah, killer. our first interview is, like we said, with our, one of our most requested guests. And the second interview, I think, is going to be a real curveball for all the listeners. It's going to shake things up. But it's going to be so interesting. No, not yet. So, yeah, if, yeah. if it ends up working out with this person, which I feel like it is, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be a super interesting episode, but it's going to be a curveball. Okay. And what about the Glinda representation, Kevin? Where is that coming in? <laughs> well, we got I stopped think... at the Gershwin by a listener who was like, bring back Glinda's corner. Bring back the yes. Glinda's. Oh my yeah. God, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I will say we can't give too much away, but I think Quincy and I have some ideas for the future of the podcast that I think will make it easier to include some actresses who have played Glinda. I'm not even sure what Kevin's talking about. And that's big. I love how much you enjoyed saying, I can't reveal too much. I can't reveal too much, but. (laughs) And I guess just finally, like on behalf of the international wicked community, thank you for your service because I genuinely feel like, no, but you're laughing, but it's so true. Like, Everyone I speak to who knows about your podcast or when you tell them about it, they're like, oh, my God, I need this in my life. Um, And I just feel like you did it at the perfect time when we were when all these wicked fans around the world were just starved. And, you know, we all ran out of new defined gravities on YouTube. Like, Mm -hmm. sure. Well, I mean, that's why we started it, because like we were just sitting at home. I was unemployed doing nothing. And it was like we need something to just like channel all this like energy into, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I think too, like over quarantine, all those Instagram accounts were like, let's hear it for the choice and Broadway belters, like those kind of like bootleg accounts were popping up. And so, like you said, like everyone was like in the mindset of Mm -hmm. like thinking about all these different actresses and all these different bootlegs that I I agree. I think we like struck at the right time. (laughs) Sure. It was, it was the day that I did the search and clicked this week and nothing came up. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's been really nice and it's been so cool to see that there are so many other people out there who are like as crazy as we are you know yeah because there was a part of me yeah. that really thought this doing this podcast was going to be so cringy but it's been cool to like no but you've done it in such a nice way um and I think a testament to that is like the fact that you've got Stephanie Torns and and Lindsay just being like like welcoming you in and it's like yes we're not crazy we all just love this <laughs> a lot yeah yeah no it's been really nice really very cool. really really cool well have a wonderful rest of your sunday enjoy the tonys yes, obviously thank you you'll, yes. <laughs> you'll wake yeah, up yeah. to the news it starts at midnight our time so i'm like no you're sorry. not gonna stay up for it mikey when I, what, do you know what when i was 20 i i did but now i'm 30 i'm like no. it's monday yeah, no. tomorrow like no i know it's god <laughs> well this is so fun mikey Thank you yeah, for having thanks again us. For having oh, us. you're so welcome. Literally anytime. Truly, um, because like your podcast is feels so highbrow to me, so it's very cool to be. It's really it. not. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly just love them. Not only is Sentimental Men my favorite podcast, but their Instagram content is just top notch. You can listen to Sentimental Men on any podcast platform and follow them on Instagram at SentmenPod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Or you can find them individually at Q-U-Brown or at the Kev B. That's B the letter, not B the animal. Insect? One of those. You heard us talk a little bit about the last five years just then, and on the next episode of the podcast, I'll be joined by Ollie Higginson, who's playing Jamie in that production at the Garrick Theatre in the West End. If you're enjoying this series of Backstage With, then please head over to our Apple Podcasts page and leave a rating and a review. 
Until next time, thank you very much for listening.